Every day we hoistle in at Pilots and Pictards Podcast. Welcome to the Pilots and Pictards Podcast. This is Drew. I'm the pragmatic and bleeding heart cyclops of this podcast. I'm Jimbo, the anti-millennial, non-conforming, existentialist, pilot critic, and Kenny of the podcast. This week, the motherfucking magical Mrs. Mo, Miss Mo, master of pilots, nobos, and spoilers, is going to be out. Our spark plug and keeper of hot takes is also not stepping in, but we will be having returning hoister Brent from Home Video Hustle. Brent, would you like to add anything? Hey, what's going on? Good to be here. I I think this is a good pick for an all-guy episode of the show. Oh, for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Especially a bunch of guys who I feel like have strong backgrounds with this particular show. All right, and on that note, any new listeners, this is the podcast with nothing much to do about aircrafts, but potentially everything to do with the first episode of a filmic series. And a disclaimer, uh, podcast is a word you're listening to one. Uh, Petard is also a word. It's a real word. Petards are bombs. Look it up. Read your Shakespeare. And uh, Pilots and Petards is a proud member of the But Why Though podcast network. And we would like to thank today's sponsor, the Biden Foundation, for this ad-free listening. And Dr. Biden, remember this year, sometime, whenever you're available, you're going to come on and we're going to do an episode. 2019 goals. Okay. And uh, on the flip side of that, here's a a fuck you for Bill Maher. You know, you're thrashing about that pop culture tar pit like the dinosaur that you are. This is a quicker fuck you because last time I went over on time. And you know what? That's what you want, isn't it, Bill Maher? For us to talk about you. To dig your fingernails in the last shreds of relevancy that your enfeebled fame can endure. Well, enjoy it now, for soon you and your boring, shitty, and most of all centrist 90s Clintonian politics will be dust in the wind, you will be gone, and we will not think about you. So, uh, you know, if you want to contact us to sponsor a show, or if you want to contact us to slander a rival, we are open to both. And those are the hoisters that do not skip the intro. You need to click on the link in the show notes for the survey. We are giving away at least one $25 gift card if we get over... 50 responses on the survey, which we have not gotten yet. We will give away a second $25 gift card. So you have very good chances of getting $25 for taking four to five minutes of your time to give us this feedback. We are going to use this feedback. We are going to modify the show to give the hoisters what they want to hear. We are the podcast you want to hear in the world. Uh, The random drawing will be held on January 1st, 2019. So, you know, get to it. Welcome back, Hoisters. This is our extended discussion. We are going to continue. Spoilers are going to run wild. We are going to dangle some threads. We're going to get to some shop talk, all that stuff that that you love. Take the survey if you haven't yet. I know you're getting tired of me saying this, so just take it. Get it out of the way. And as always, we're going to start our filmic analysis and interpretation with our Crabman Award. This goes to a character with a small role, giving large contributions to our story or our viewing pleasure. And so I'm leaning towards crabless unless unless someone can um can can persuade me. My crab and I had Sam and Twitch. You know, I know it's two people, but I you know Sam and Twitch, of course, I had to go with them. Can you refresh me on, on those character names? They were the two detectives that came to the crime scene. They was eating the donuts and the crumbs falling into the guy's mouth. They're yeah, they're a big deal in the comic book, and it was very cool. They were kind of used as background characters in uh this um episode but yeah brent i also noticed like within like the first two or three minutes of the show i was like oh shit it's sam and twitch so <laughs> that was a very cool part um that's a good crab man i will say this uh if you don't watch this show that's that's okay you know you do what you want it's your life it's your time but i would say find the show introductions by todd mcfarlane 
online, on YouTube somewhere, because the very first episode one is very awkward, very weird. Todd McFarlane is a very good artist and a very creative man. He is not a theater person or, you know, performative in any way. He, they like zoom in on him, like wearing this very weird suit, like a nice suit, but it's kind of like a person who like doesn't have a lot of fashion sense would buy that very expensive suit. You know, it wasn't super flattering, but it was looked, it looked expensive. And then he read his lines in a kind of a weird stilted way, you know, like it's, it's his comic, you know, it's his concept. He totally gets it. Um, it does not seem like he's very good at like pitching it or talking about this thing that is like his, his intimate life creation. But, uh, that was my favorite part of the whole show. That started the show off on the right foot. And I was like, cool. Like, Todd McFarlane's super into this. And he seems like a weird guy. So he's my crab man. I'm I'm going to add, he reminded me of Christian Bale on American Psycho. <laughs> not on purpose. Probably not on purpose, no. <laughs> That's not what he was going for at all. <laughs> but yeah, because like, like that movie, if you haven't seen it recently, I have. It's extremely cheesy acting. And I would argue just like genre stupid acting. And that's todd mcfarlane in real life i guess according to this little intro (laughs) i have things to say about todd mcfarlane in real life and like none of them are like bad like he's not a horrible person who like says bad things to people or like shits on people or like you know screws people out of their money he is just strange so he didn't make his money on comics he made some money on comics like spawn is like the highest selling independent comic spawn number one of all time it sold more than 1.7 million copies but like, there was this huge speculator bust of comics in the 90s, and so a lot of people lost all their money, and then comics just weren't worth as much, including, like, making them after, like, 1997. McFarlane made a ton of money on McFarlane toys. So he made a ton of money on these, like, miniatures and these little statues, and these, like, really intricate action you, figures You're really Spawn. going ahead of the uh, of the show format. I'm Can sorry, man. Well, I just want to say that, like... Yeah, <laughs> but, like, but, like, the way that he works, like, he has this, like, assistant who, like... McFarlane will work on his miniatures for like days without sleeping. And so like his staff, because he's so rich, they can't make him do things. And he's also really productive. So when he gets on a tear, he gets on a tear. And apparently they feed him Fig Newtons because those keep his hands clean. He really likes them. And you can eat a bunch of them at a time. So like, I just like to think about Tom McFarlane, like sitting in the studio, just working real hard at some like 23 year old USC graduate, like a film student is like feeding him Fig Newtons. Yeah, you know, and, and since we're kind of talk, talking about this, Todd McFarlane took all the right lessons from Star Wars. Oh, yeah, he got the merchandising rights. Mm. Good for him. Yeah, sorry. Good, Todd McFarlane, you're my crab man, and also I have more cool things to say about you cool. later, well, too. Well, we will come back to that. Just just kind of get us back on track a little bit. I'm going to not give it to Todd McFarlane for sure, so I'm I'm thinking either Crabless or The Detectives. Oh, he was my favorite part of the show. Can we even just say the nerdy detective? Like, is is isn't he better, or is, or, or are they more of a package deal? I mean, I guess they kind of are. I think it's always a package deal. I think even when they got their own comic book, it was always Sam and Twitch. And interestingly enough, Jimbo wants me to get out of this um, segment, but Brian Michael Bendis, a guy who went on to be like a huge comics writing superstar, his first gig was writing Sam and Twitch uh, when they did get their own solo series and stuff but he's the guy who co-created like miles morales like the cool new spider-man and he wrote like uh powers and he wrote um x-men for a really long time and he was like mr marvel for cool dude Andrew, what what so what are you thinking you, you have a choice Sounds to make. Like you guys are boxing me out man i know so what side are you going to oh so who am i going to yes. you or brent <laughs> i'm not brent 
Okay, like, yeah. you know, right. like, yeah, like, that sounds cool. Like, I like Salmon Twitch. That's a good, uh, you know, it's a good, uh, what's it called? That is a good obscure reference that I right, enjoy. So by split decision, Sam and Twitch are going home with the Crab Detective Awards. All right, Hoisters, and now we are going to move into our most valuable part of the pilot. This can be anything on or off screen. I was going to say the Ty Farley Farley intros. Yes. (laughs) Yes, I can agree with that, dude. It was my favorite part of the whole show. (laughs) I think they're on every episode. On the DVD, I swear I think every episode has them, too. I recall they're on every episode. I did not recall that he wore, like, a really expensive-looking suit. So, Brent, I... (laughs) I, I don't want to ask too much of you, but if you could just drop it on Twitter, like every outfit that he has for the intro. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I need to double check, but it might be the same thing every intro. He probably filmed all that, right? Yeah, that's or what maybe I'm not, yeah. Oh, man. I don't remember that fancy suit. I remember him coming out and talking, he should, but... He should definitely have a different suit for season two and three. Yeah. Okay, that's a fair idea. Maybe when you hit seasons two and three. I'm going to go back and check for you. I'll let y'all know. <laughs> I'm going to give my MVP out to Spawn's eyes. I think his 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 eyes were always really cool and they were like shadows and and kind of some, you know, some color so a little contrast. And that was that was my the thing I really noticed on my first watching of of this pilot within the last few days. Always did like that too. Cuz I think they even mimic it in a I know in the video games they kind of do the same thing with his eyes whenever he pops up too. Yeah, that was a super 90s, like, visual effect. And, like, also, like, the kind of, like, ozone, bubbling air magic stuff coming around is very cool. Like, Spawn Spawn is, like, the 90s uh, <laughs> superhero for so many reasons. And, like, it seems like they, yeah, like, they brought the coolest parts of that into the show. In the movie, didn't they do the thing with his eyes, too? Yes. The movie... Like, in my article, like, the thing is, the, what the movie does the best is the cape. Like, all the other effects are just kind of trashy. And, like, especially when they go to hell, it's, like, real bad. But, like, oh, yeah. for whatever reason, like, the cape is on point. And when I was doing research for the article, um, the reason that the movie is kind of busted is because they, like, farmed out the visual effects among, like, I believe, like, up to 30 different visual effects supervisors. But then the people who worked on the cape, apparently, like, 60 people worked on the cape. So it shows, like, the cape looked awesome. It's prominent in the movie trailer. I remember because the only thing I knew about Spawn for a long time was my Austin Powers VHS tape had the trailer on the start of it. And that's <laughs> the, the cape is all over the trailer. <laughs> I, man, I miss, like, all those, like, the VHS days, but, like, the three trailers that you, like, knew and they're coming. Oh, don't I make don't, a face, dude. Jimbo. I don't Come miss on, that man. at all, dude. Oh, whatever, dude. <laughs> like, people don't watch DVDs and Blu-rays anymore. Everything's streaming, like... You used to have to wait for it and want it with your VHS tapes, and you would pause it, and then you might even record over it. Like, you had to be careful. And then everything had to be on Channel 3. Like, shit's a little bit annoying, man. It's not as much fun anymore. Drew, you can go buy a VHS at Goodwill for $3, okay? And you can go back to this this, uh, dream world that you love so much. So, Hoistlers out there, um, if you do still have VHSs, if you have sealed disney tapes sealed disney vhs's those are worth real money like collectors will pay hundreds of dollars for those disney vhs's everything else yeah it's i i guess if anyone has telling those, the people yes. out there man i'm telling the people out there if you didn't open <laughs> your your uh, little mermaid yet you might have a thousand bucks but ever you know more than likely you opened it and your kids broke it so you have nothing <laughs> 
Alright, uh, so my MVP is, um, I, I was a Spawn fan. I had read a couple Spawn comic books, and if you are a Spawn fan, um, this is a really faithful adaptation. Um, even though the pilot episode did cram in, like, so much information and, like, so much stuff going on, like, essentially telling, like, the entire Spawn origin story, which is in a movie, you know, like, telling it in, like, 28 minutes with a bunch of other violence, like, they did get it right, you know, and they did it in, like, a really faithful way to the comic books, too. Like, that was very cool. I, it kind of shows that, like, Todd McFarlane um, had, like, a really heavy hand in not just the intros, but it would seem like just everything in this show. It was very cool. Yeah, I think if I was to go back and watch the Spawn movie, I'm not. But I think I think this probably does it a lot better. I would agree. From what I remember, it definitely does it better. <laughs> yeah, because, yeah, because the Spawn movie is your cliché... 90s superhero movie where you go like really in depth into the origin and kind of spend way too much time with with his death and his backstory and this thing i mean spends enough time like we get the point yeah i call it the hero jerk story the guy's a jerk at the beginning of the movie something bad happens they become a hero but they're still kind of a jerk aka like the iron man movie so every superhero movie almost yes exactly (laughs) All right, now we're going to move into our literary analysis of the pilot, the plot, the characters. We're talking about the story here, continuing with the spoilers. I have a, it should have been a low point. I guess I didn't talk about it, but like, why amnesia? Like amnesia, if if you take a creative writing class, like your teacher is going to tell you, like, never have your characters black out and don't give them amnesia. That's lazy writing. And this story kind of starts on like lazy writing 101. So that, that really rubbed, rubbed me the wrong way. What's the purpose of that besides just lazy writing? Like, why? Well, so this was some of the background I found was basically, like, Todd McFarlane, like, leaving Marvel Comics because he was, like, the talent there. Um, he wrote Spider-Man number one, like, the third highest selling comic book of all time. Um, and he wrote the first, like, ten issues of it. But he kept getting dinged because, like, he was a phenomenal artist. But people were like, dude, like, your comics aren't that great. Your stories aren't that clever or original or interesting. And the way you do dialogue and tell a story... Is visually interesting, but just not that good. And so when a bunch of other artists who were getting screwed over by Marvel, because, like, Todd McFarlane co-created Venom, but based on, like, you know, copyright stuff and, like, Marvel owning the copyright to its own characters, he has never seen a dime of, like, that good, good Venom, like, money. So, like, he made the right move with a bunch of people. But, like, Spawn is kind of, like, all of the critics of McFarlane being proven right. Because he does, in the comics, use a bunch of, like, those bad story cliches where everything looks cool, you know? Like, he is, like, an army. He's a lieutenant of, like, Satan's army and shit. But you're right. Like, he has amnesia. And he has flashbacks. And there's people around him who tell the story, like, through him. So, yeah, it's kind of poor storytelling. So even though it sold a bunch of copies, people were like, there, see, I told ya. Todd McFarlane's not a good storyteller. But, I mean, Spawn is still going. Yeah, he's he's still writing it. And, and I looked... He he did not do the art in the last couple uh, comic books. The art's still really awesome, but he has other artists doing it. And then I also noticed he's had some really famous um, cameo writers. Alan Moore and Grant Morrison wrote one. Neil, yeah, oh. yeah, Neil Neil Gaiman. I think he wrote episode eight. Or sorry, I keep saying episode issue eight. I, I think he wrote issue eight. So there's been some some huge names that have that have come along and did a little bit of writing at least. So I mean, you know, that definitely you know, tribute back to Todd McFarlane for doing something. I just, I kind of just, when it, I don't, I'm not a big comic book dude, so I kind of expect all the same type of stuff to happen over and over again. Cause it, 
it's kind of like one of the reasons why I'm kind of, what do they call it, like fatigued with the superhero movies in general, because they all kind of seem like they have the same kind of storyline. So the amnesia thing, you know, I just come to expect that stuff with comic book movies and TV shows and all that. So it didn't surprise me. That didn't bother me. I expect it. <laughs> Let me ask you this of both of you guys, because like this is kind of like a 90s thing, but it's also kind of like this debate came up, but like people were calling like Black Panther the first black superhero movie, and then people were coming back with like Blade... And then also people were calling out Spawn. My thing was kind of like, and then people have called this out. They're like, well, you know, if you have Spawn, like, have a huge, like, burning accident, and then, you know, you put him in, like, head-to-toe, like, costume and shit, like, are you going to count him as a black superhero? Because, like, his voice actor is definitely a black guy. But, you know, like, is Spawn even a superhero? So, I mean, I don't know. What's y'all's take on that? I always look at more like uh, anti-heroes, always what I thought about never really a superhero well brent is way more qualified to answer this question than i am <laughs> hoisters if you haven't seen a picture of brent or i i am white in in brent brent probably identifies as a person of color for sure most definitely yeah <laughs> <laughs> i would argue that that spawn is and blader they're not black movies yes they have a black protagonist they're not black movies there's no there's no getting around black panther is a black movie for sure yeah. i mean it takes place in africa yeah that's a good point. You had a black guy. You killed him, covered him in scars. Now he's Deadpool with a fan because you can't kill him. He can't die. And he does almost all the same things that Deadpool does besides eat burritos or chimichangas. <laughs> I mean, it's, I guess it's cool for exposure. Like in the 90s, like there just weren't that many like solo like black superheroes. But also like Todd McFarnell is just this like super white dude who's like from Canada and is like into hockey and stuff. And like, I don't know. I mean... I guess it's cool that story was told, but I don't know if Tom McFarlane was the right guy to like tell like the possessed black special ops like soldier coming back from the dead to like save his family. Now it's like, damn, nineteen ninety three. It's like more almost twenty five years later. I would say the fact that that Spawn or or Al Simmons is a black man, but his character really has no ties with being black. Like, like what, like what black culture does he experience at all? Like he's, he was a CIA agent, hitman ish person and he misses his wife. Like these are just really general things that a Canadian could have experienced. <laughs> That's true. I was trying to think, I can't think of that neither. I was trying to think of an example, but yeah, it's, I guess it's pretty much this standard kind of anti-hero comic booky type stuff. He do got a super black name though. I gave him that. Yeah. He, yeah. <laughs> 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 that's true yeah so i mean yeah, i mean i think it's cool that todd mcfarland he didn't he could have made him white he decided to show some representation i think that's cool it's one of the reasons that one of the things that got me to kind of watch it once i found that out and like but like same thing yeah same thing with blade i, I think blade fits that same explanation yeah like there's nothing really about blade that makes him identify as being a black man he was i think he was what he was raised by a white dude too yeah it was whistler or whatever his name was like, Jimbo and I used to listen to a podcast that talked about, like, race and writing. And, like, that show kind of called out, like, white writers who write, like, quote-unquote colorblind aren't really doing a service to characters of color. Because, like, just like you're saying, like, Al Simmons happens to be black, but nothing about him, like, would tie him to any culture, really. And so, like, in the absence of, like, culture or in the absence of those details, you're basically writing a white character. You know, or you're writing, like, a character who, like, doesn't identify with, like, any, like type of culture and so you're not really representing a different culture you're still like by default representing like white culture basically 
or you're like barely rep- representing you're you're just representing like the superficial aspect of it but i guess for 1992 that's a lot more acceptable or 99 even for 1997 i think it's some somewhat admirable maybe what do you think about that drew uh yeah i mean i think for the time um it like took steps forward that like we needed to take so that we could be where we are now yeah you know? having this conversation now um i think i was thinking about this actually because like someone was talking about like um having like a disabled character like play someone who's disabled or like pose you know like when they talk about like having trans uh gender actors and actresses like playing like their own things like i think like once you hit that threshold of like someone doing that like now that we've had trans actors like play trans roles like that's what we want now i think back in the day like maybe they're just you know weren't that many like black creators making black superheroes on like the scale of spawn or like having like the platform that todd mcfarlane had and so at the time we were like yeah like cool like this is a good step and now it's 2018 and like we just have a lot more voices and different creators out there that we have access to you guys uh listeners you couldn't see me shrug i was like that's kind of the end of my statement (laughs) <laughs> I think I think we'll move on on that topic. I have I have one more potential just kind of question about the 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 story. So why does the devil need Simmons? It seems like he's kind of like a chosen person. Why? Sorry, I'm talking a lot about this one, but like that's where like I think like Todd McFarlane not being a great writer comes in because he doesn't. It seems like a really overly complicated like plot to get a bunch of cool stuff in. It's like he's a CIA dude, but he's also a devil. Who works for the devil? Who hates the devil? It's like, it's like a hat on another hat. And then you have to have your devil demon that's way stronger than him babysit him. So like, why not just have the devil demon do the work? <laughs> I don't, I don't think they showed in the cartoon. I know in the movie too. There's a scene where he's going down there to fight the devil, and there's a whole bunch of spawn looking dudes around. So it's like you already got a bee in them there already anyway. So what's the point? And in the movie, all those spawn guys die really easily too. Well, maybe that's why they need Al Simmons in. <laughs> yeah, maybe, yeah. Yeah, no, they started bringing that up because, like, that was the thing. Like, that's where, like, my whole perspective came from of, like, when I was 11, this was the coolest thing <laughs> in the world because, like, the stuff I didn't get, I assumed I didn't get because I wasn't old enough. Now the stuff I don't get, I'm like, oh, that's poor storytelling. <laughs> Drew, you were not 11 when this came out. I'm pretty sure you're, like, 13 or 14. <laughs> this came out in 93? The comic came out in 92 or 93. This series came out in 97. Oh, no. Let's see. <laughs> oh, yeah, I was 13. Didn't matter. I was not worldly. I was learning about like things like this from HBO. <laughs> uh, Brent, do you, do you have anything about the story, characters, plot you want to add? If not, I think we can move on. Not a whole lot. Like I said, I, I, nothing surprised me. It's just formulaic storytelling for Let's move into part three. We're going to jump outside of the pilot. We're no longer going to care about what happened in the pilot episode. To the stage, we have our Stormy Daniels dangling threads of interest. Drew, we had any news, Stormy news this week? Uh, no, we're still in that holding pattern with that previous uh, judge's ruling and the defamation lawsuit going forward. So someday we will wrap up this segment title, but not today. <laughs> All right, Drew, let's, let's dive in to Todd McFarlane. Drew loves Todd Todd McFarlane. I never realized he loved him so much, but we're going to talk about him a little bit more now. So I actually did some preliminary notes. Like I had always wanted to write a book or some type of book. And then um, there's this very interesting thing that happened in the early 90s where like six uh, really hotshot artists, creatives from Marvel, all jumped ship at the same time and established probably the most successful third-party comic publishing company, you know, in publishing history called Image. 
And then the whole thing fell apart because one guy was a huge asshole and they missed all these deadlines. And if you're into like the backgrounds of comic books or like the gossip and stuff from the creators, like this is like just a treasure trove because like eventually the image creators like faxed the one guy who's being an asshole, like a termination thing. And you can tell when this all happened in the 90s because it was a fax. And then, like, literally two minutes later, that guy faxed Wizard Magazine and, like, all the other news outlets and was like, I didn't get fired. I quit. Fuck these guys. And so just all of the image creators um, are kind of fascinating to me because they also – they all went on to be, like, the next generation of, like, very powerful comic book people. Like, Jim Lee, who was, like, that X-Men number one artist, you know, greatest on comic book of all time. Like, he was, like, one of the – if he hadn't left, image wouldn't have happened. He's the editor-in-chief of DC Comics right now. Like, 25 years later, he's just probably the most powerful guy in comics. Todd McFarlane wasn't the asshole. Um, He was actually the hardest working of those guys. He was a little bit older because all the image guys were kind of young. They were all in, like, kind of their mid-20s. Todd McFarlane was a little bit older. So he hit his deadlines, and, I mean, his comic book is still ongoing. But um, he's one of those six personalities, and so I just happen to know a bunch about that time period. And Todd McFarlane kind of has stayed above the fray, doesn't really talk about the gossip, and is generally known as kind of the adult in the room for some of those times. Eric Larson is not. <laughs> that dude calls people assholes on Twitter. It's pretty funny. I can't really contribute to what Drew's saying, but I can add this. Um, I know Todd McFarlane because he spent a ridiculous amount of money on baseballs. He bought the Mark McGuire yep. baseball for $3 million. He also spent $500,000 on the Barry Bonds record-breaking baseball. These baseballs might be worthless now because both of these players have – had their records stripped from them so they're probably oh, not true they're probably not completely worthless but but he had an interview about this and and i just pulled it up but he pretty much said like that was kind of a way for him to get his name around and he called it as as like buying his way into the poker table so he spent like ridiculous amounts of money on these balls to kind of show like hey i'm i'm a big timer and now he can kind of join in those offices and meetings and i mean if that's true and he wasn't just like a a baseball nerd. That's kind of smart because I mean, yeah, his Todd McFarlane toys is huge. And that's, that's like the major toy company right now. I think uh, that sounds like some, some bullshit that he's telling himself because <laughs> he spent millions of dollars on these baseballs. They're not worth it. Regardless. He spent $3 million on a baseball that, that might be worth like tens of thousands of dollars. Maybe. I bet you it's worth tens of thousands of dollars. It should be. It should be. Yeah. That guy is such a weird dude. He also bought a sh- like a significant enough portion of the Edmonton Oilers that he was listed as an owner. So he wasn't a majority owner, but he was he had a very large minority stake in a professional hockey team too. I haven't heard much about him other than he's been trying to get a Spawn movie made for like years now, and it sounds like they're finally gonna go ahead and it's do in it. Production. Jamie Fox, right? But but he's a different person. He's he's no longer Al Al Simmons. I think he has a. Uh, I didn't write it down. Did you guys hear that? I did, but I also like Michael J. White, who plays uh, him in like the 90s spawn, looks exactly the same. I wish they had just used him again, man. In some capacity, they could, I bet. Okay, but if he has amnesia and his wife is banging his best friend, <laughs> I might walk out of the movie theater and go find a different movie. Like, I. I, I think that's my new thing for now. I'm 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 whenever I go to the movie, I'm gonna make sure there's at least another a backup movie that's starting like twenty to thirty minutes afterwards that I can go check out. Ooh, I tried to do that with R rated movies when I was a kid and I bought a ticket for For the Love of the Game, the Kevin Costner baseball romantic comedy. 
which is PG-13, to go see South Park, Bigger, Longer, and Uncut. And I got caught. Wow. So they made oh. me leave South Park and go back to that Kevin Costner movie. That sucks. We saw we saw South Park in this twice. I think, but I think my parents bought the tickets for us. Oof. Would you guys be willing to see the Jamie Foxx, Todd McFarlane 2019 spawn? I'm going to go check it out. I mean, that's what I was referring to, but I'll make sure there's a secondary movie starting 20 to 30 minutes afterwards, <laughs> just in case. There's a lot of superhero movies coming out, and like the first first spawn was kind of busted. I will probably see it. Yeah. You probably will. You have to, yeah. dude. You're so you're you're There's so, so many involved. superhero movies. Dude, 2019 is stacked. I know, but your whole life evolves around these these superhero movies. So you and, I mean, and my kids and my kids. Your kids? That too. D- yes, it's hard to get out of the house, Jimbo. I I thought you meant Emma cares about superhero movies. I was like, "Come on, dude. She's 2 years old. She doesn't give a shit about Spawn." <laughs> she will. She loves Hamilton. That's cuz it plays in the car all the time. Nice. Good for her. Well, I think I think we've uh dangled the Todd McFarlane thread. Todd McFarlane, if you want to sponsor this show and make us retract our statements about your baseballs and your pride and your your uh financial decisions, please reach out. No, I support your baseball buying, man. Drew's the one that's been consistently calling you weird this whole episode. Well, I think he's lying to himself, man. That's like it's like buying a shitty car and then being like, "Oh, it's a classic." Like, no, man. Like, come on. Like, own your bad mistake. You know, own your poor financial decision. Like, Jimbo. Oh my God. Like, if one of my friends like made a huge financial decision like that and was like, "Well, I just did it to get in the room," I'm like, ah. I guess if you're rich enough, you can say dumb shit like that. Yes, definitely. <laughs> Okay. All right, Hoisters, now we're going to move into section four. This is going to be the fun and nonsensical part of the podcast. We are going to do petard trivia. It's going to be a little different tonight because I only have four questions. Oh. But Brent, I don't. Drew probably didn't warn you, but you are competing in petard trivia. So I hope, I hope oh, you're ready. Okay. There was no warning, but I'm ready, though. I don't tell guests. <laughs> it, it, his chances of winning significantly increase if the guests have no idea that there's going to be a <laughs> trivia competition. Yes. All right. Oh, pretty basic, simple questions. You, you know, you've all been warned Four questions. Um, the last one's going to be worth two points. Let's, let's avoid tiebreakers. So you guys just, <laughs> just answer well. All right. All right. <laughs> they, these will all be worth one point. I might bump up or sorry, one point. The last one's worth two points. So Drew's buzzard is going to go like this spawn and Brent's buzzard is going to go like this. Hey. There we go. Oh, perfect. Yep. Dude, you're done, Drew. There's no way you're going to beat that buzzard, man. <laughs> That's what you said about the last game, which I did lose, actually. Question number one. How many years did the narrator say had passed since the last... Spawn. Go ahead, Drew. I should have listened to the whole question because I thought you were yep. asking how many years had passed between Al Simmons dying and becoming Spawn, which is five years. I believe 400 years is the time when that old English dude said there hadn't been a Spawn for a while, but that's probably not right. What's what's your answer? So you've thrown out four hundred. That is correct. That's one point to Drew. Oh! He mentions it. He mentions it twice. He mentions it twice. Double double expo dumping. All. Of course. Nice. Yep. So I heard it like eight times because I I, I, I actually I went back to make sure that it was four hundred just 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 in case. Question number two. There is a author that is that that is killed during the opening scene. What prize for lit- literature was that author awarded? A. Brent. The Pulitzer. <laughs> that is correct, sir. That's one point. Oh, 
Good guess. Yep. Okay, so we so we are tied up at one one. Question number three. All right. What are the spawns' only instincts drawn from, according to the narrator? Hey. Oh shit. Brent. Is it past events? That is correct. Their oh, past. Damn. Quote. He says their past. Their instincts are tied to their past. Okay. Brent Woo. is coming in two one lead. This and that last <laughs> questions were two points. Get ready, y'all. All right. In the pilot episode, how many people are definitely confirmed killed in the pilot? Spawn. Hey, shit. Okay, Drew barely buzzed in first. Drew, closest answer will get this two points. Three gunmen in the opening. One of the two guys gets killed, so that makes four. Um, Six? Not that many people, I think. Six. That is correct. Sorry, yes! Brent. Drew Drew <laughs> stepped in and got that and got that one that was that was Ooh. a little bit weighted. Yes, yeah, six. There's uh spawn definitely roughs up roughs up some cops at the end, but from uh there's no confirmed kills there. It looks like he it looks like those guys probably lived. So yeah, no, six. I was gonna say five, so I was off. Well five no, five's <laughs> close. The the two riders were meeting someone, all three of those guys were killed, and then the three henchmen. So yeah, six. So that's actually low. I, I thought there was going to be more. I, well, I started to tally it in my head. I was like, I can do this as I talk. I was like, that, that'll be my strategy. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, I guess there weren't that many people killed. All right. Well done, Drew. Drew has one petard trivia. Yeah. And so, Hoisters, if you can't tell by the plugs I'm about to announce, the show is officially over. But if you love us as much as we love us, we're going to stick around for a few more minutes. Probably, I mean, I hope you're ready for superhero talks. I doubt that Drew's going to mention anything else at this point but uh we'd like to thank jake drew for our intro and outro music there's a link to him in our show notes click on it and you can get jake drew to make you some intro outro music also follow the new twitter we have a new twitter click on that it's in the show notes i know i I, i'm assuming that our listeners do not go on twitter because only like five people have added this so far so come on bump that up or i'll probably just probably just get deleted and then take the survey Hoisters, you owe us. Take the survey. You're going to be the podcast you want to hear in the world. So add the Twitter. Click on the survey. The survey takes four minutes, five or six if you take your time, like 30 minutes if you're zero, but most of us, four to five minutes. Uh, you can also find uh, some of my movie reviews and some of our older episodes on butwhythopodcast.com. Brent, what are you going to plug? Well, I'm definitely going to plug the Home Video Hustle for sure podcast me and my friend pj do new episodes come out every friday you can find us on twitter at capital h capital v capital h capital p lowercase i cast hvh podcast facebook we're facebook.com slash hvh podcast instagram type home video hustle podcast in the search bar youtube just type home video hustle in that search bar we got new videos every wednesday and sporadically whenever i feel like uploading new ones for sure on wednesday though and like i said we talk about movies video games music whatever comes to mind it's we pick a movie and just conversation springs from that. So sometimes we barely talk about the movie, but it's always fun though. So come check it out. It's a quality podcast. Jimbo and I went through a long indie podcast, like review swap, like trade thing. When we first started our podcast, I listened to a lot of indie podcasts to like get people to listen to ours. Uh, Home video hustle is like one of the only ones I still listen to. So it's like two out of 30. <laughs> So you guys, it's the same with me too. I listen to a whole bunch of did the same thing. Your show is one of the only ones I really stick around with. Oh, thanks, Brent. <laughs> and and uh, Zero, he's our most faithful listener. He really enjoyed your uh, episode as well. He really likes you. I think he's he doesn't really understand podcasts much. So um, 
I'm not sure if he's listened to Zero you guys would much. Love the home video hustle back no, catalog. Yes, he, he would kill it, man. And then <laughs> Brent, he would become an active like member of your community, man. Like he would like send in the emails and the comments and stuff. Zero is great. Me. I love I love talking to people on Twitter about dumb movies. <laughs> yeah, you know, I would I would definitely listen to your guys' podcast more if your movies weren't just so obscure, man. Like I just <laughs> Yeah, dude, like horror movies are not my favorite movies. So for like for horror month, I was listening to like the first 20 minutes and the last 20 minutes because I was just like, ah, except for Leprechaun in the Hood. I listened to that whole oh, episode. Yeah. I said, that was rough for you, That was three months in a row we did horror movies. I know, man, where I was like, ah, I want like, I mean, whatever, I'm selfish. I like it when you guys talk about like Disney movies and superhero movies and shit. I, I don't, I don't like the Disney oh. movies as much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's more coming up. I'll say that. Nice, cool. They're forcing me again. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta give the people what they want, man. Let's say we have some some people that haven't listened to you yet. What would you recommend? Maybe three or four episodes starting off. It's hard because they always change, but for sure, the episode most people have been like, "Oh, I love this episode." Would be the Tales from the Hood episode. That's one of my favorite ones we've done. And if I had to pick two other ones, the Leprechaun Back to the Hood was a recent one. That was a good one too. <laughs> yeah. Empire Strikes Back. That was another one, too. Everybody loved that one when it came out. <laughs> Y'all's Die Hard episode is fucking awesome and hilarious. Get ready. I'll say that. <laughs> you do Die Hard, nice, too. Nice. It's Christmas movie, month. <laughs> yeah, I definitely listened to uh, the Star Wars movies. Yeah, it's... Uh, it's um, PJ's never seen Star Wars, so that's kind of interesting, too. I know, yeah. <laughs> None of them. <sighs> I'm debating on if the holiday special is a Christmas movie or not. I've been debating that all month. Because <laughs> he might have to watch that. Dude, you make him watch the Star Wars Christmas special. That weird one. Oh, my gosh. That's, the, that's the one I'm talking about. Oh, <laughs> oh no, yeah, nice. dude. Don't that's do that, the one. man. You guys, you I have guys, it here. You, you want to still be friends with him after this? Come on, man. You, you're... <laughs> uh, I've been through worse. <laughs> do you ever do TV series? Nah, but I thought about it. Like we did have a Pee Wee's Playhouse Christmas special here that I thought about doing. <laughs> There's this new series. Maybe we maybe we should get you back for it. It's well, it's mm-hmm. somewhat new. I think it came out in 2017. It's called Happy. Drew, have you heard heard of oh. it? Oh, I read. I've I've actually read the graphic novel. It's uh, it's by a guy like Grant yeah. Grant Morrison. Yeah. Okay. So oh, yeah, yeah. Is it is it still on? I heard about it, but never really saw it. I just watched it last uh, night. It's I'm not sure what to think about it. I like the lead guy, Christopher Maloney. I think it's like really, really, really funny in a lot of stuff. But he's also serious on those cop shows. Uh, the opening like 15 seconds were so cool. I was like, whoa. But then the rest of the show was very similar to Spawn if Spawn had an imaginary friend. He kind of does. <laughs> he has like the, the he violator. He kind of does, yes. Yeah. But his friend's less imaginary. And uh, yeah, so – that would be a cool one for you guys or maybe or maybe we should do do that one drew no um there were two home video hustle episodes i guess in the last couple of months but when you guys did your x-files episode was very funny yeah um, oh i forgot about that one. but yeah. then when pj was just when you were just talking about like twin peaks shit with pj oh that's actually that's a good one for him to look up i forgot about twin peaks too that's one of my favorites <laughs> I've thought about doing the Twin Peaks um, uh, pilot episode for the show to harassing with it even more. Twin Peaks is, I feel like the original show, the first season was fantastic. It's the best. I love the first season. Man. I like the new one too. I like all of them for real. I had, I'd heard, it, I'd heard different things about the Showtime re 
visit or whatever i guess it was was there really a whole episode that was just like static fog or something yeah and i loved it i don't care (laughs) (laughs) it was it was an explosion for like 20 minutes and it was just zooming into it and you see all the part oh it was weird but i liked it though when i was a kid my parents had like all of these movies and television finales or episodes like on vhs tapes and so i didn't watch twin peaks when it came out but it was a very big deal that we had a twin peaks vhs that said twin peaks season finale or series finale or something and then my parents like super always cautioned us against like not taping over that tape (laughs) that's a crazy episode too did you ever look at it yeah i watched it all the way through um uh, like later, I actually watched it when Netflix sent you DVDs to your house. So I watched it when, um, like you sent the DVDs back and I sent them forward. So I watched like the, the episodes was only like 13 episodes per season. So it ended up being like two DVDs and then two DVDs. I like the first season way better than the second season, but I think a lot of people say that. Yeah, it is way better because David Lynch like left halfway, I think through the second season, he's there for a lot of the first one. But it's funny you talked about the Netflix, though. I mean, cut you off of that. But I was going to say, I was just talking. I think it was the spirit I was talking to. And I was telling about Netflix and didn't know that Netflix used to be send DVDs. I thought it was always just stream. I'm like, no, they used to actually send DVDs out to you. Dude, no, right before we did Peace Corps, like in 2008. That's what trying to say about no shit like that. Can y'all hear her in the background? She's yelling at me. Oh, I yeah. guess it wasn't her. Yeah, What's up, spirit? That's, dude, they, she's a big part of the show, Jimbo. Or like, you listen to the episodes. Hi. Hey. She said hi. She's going to be on Pals and Tarts. Okay. Um, what was I going to say? No, like right before 2008, when they first started putting some shows up on streaming, I remember mm-hmm. people were like, Netflix was like, hey, try this thing. Like, there's a couple shows that you can watch anytime, anywhere. And mm-hmm. yeah, like they had a couple online. And then by the time we came back, it was all over the place. It was cool. I remember there was like a PlayStation 2 disc too, where it had, it connected to the internet or it had movies built into it or something. You could do it that way too. Was, um, nobody remembers that stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Dude, PlayStation Magazine used to have, like, all those demo discs and uh, stuff. I still and got had, like, a couple of them. <laughs> and it always had, like, one Gran Turismo race and then, like, one dogfight in, like, a flight simulator. And then it had, like, two levels of Parappa the Rapper. Oh, yeah. I, me and my brother were just playing that again recently, too. That game is hard, man. At least for us. Got to that chicken level and it was all bad, man. I rented a lot of <laughs> games and then played them until I got bored and then returned them. And that did not teach me lessons about sticking to shit later in life (laughs) (laughs) well you stuck with uh almost 58 episodes of pilots and batards so you know you stuck with something drew i did i made it how what episode are you guys on for home video hustle are you guys doing something big for 100 um we're trying to decide i don't know yet what we're gonna do for 100 but i'm trying to do something big for okay dude this is something that that i've thought about do you Find a movie theater, okay, that that like no one goes to at Wednesday morning, and and just go to whatever theater has no one else in it, and take your recording stuff with you guys, and you guys record while you're watching the movie. Well, we we were going one time to go see a movie and record in the car afterwards, but that's a better idea actually. I went to see the Last Jedi one of the times it was like eleven thirty showing, and it it would been you know it had been out for like three or four weeks or maybe even two months like it'd been out for a long time. And I really mm. thought I was going to be the only one in there. There was one other person in there, but like I played on my phone the whole time. I actually left like before the movie ended, <laughs> you know. And uh, it was just really cool. But I was like, you know what? If you if you came in like every day at like eleven thirty, and you just waited, and be like, what movie is no one else going to? They'd probably tell you, and you could just go in and like kind of fuck off. 
Dude, I saw Spider-Man at 1040 this morning. But that was, was a newer awesome. movie. So yeah, there's still only three yeah, other yeah. people in the theater. But if you went on... Oh, oh, today is Monday. Oh, yeah. Yep. Oh, it is, ain't it? So, so that's an idea. <laughs> so that so that's an idea, 100. Brent, and, and that's all yours, man. I gave that to you guys for, for your 100th birthday. <laughs> you know, think about it. We got the 100th episode and the two-year anniversary yeah. coming up almost around the same time. Congratulations, man. That's very cool. Thank you. How'd you guys decide to just start like doing a podcast? I just used to listen to him at work, and one day I just looked at PJ. I was like, yo, we should do that. <laughs> we talk. We like talking, smacking, watching movies. We can do this too. Yeah, that's pretty much the same thing with Drew and I. We I, we are both pretty avid podcast listeners, and it's like, hey, these it can't be that hard. Buy a microphone and a good computer. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's just crazy with you know with technology. I, even like making movies, like making movies, you can make high quality movies with an iPhone. It, it's it's pretty nuts. I can't remember the name of the movie, but there's one that came out that actually was all filmed on an iPhone, too. Yeah, it's more accessible. That's cool. They're kind of pulling back the veil. But uh, I saw, I saw like, it was like a meme or something, but it was like, um, having a podcast is going to be the tramp stamp of like the 2010s. <laughs> For like white dudes in their 30s? Or just anybody having one. You're like, I had a podcast. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody had one. Yeah. You're That's the thing dude, I was worried about when we started. You're a dude one. born in the 80s. Of course you had a podcast. Like, <laughs> <laughs> to talk about stuff from the 80s. Well, Brent, as always, thanks again, man. Maybe, maybe you know, we'll get you back on for uh, happy. You know, if we can work happy into uh, 2019. Yeah, I wanted to see that. It's just I remember advertising for it. That I looked on TV and never saw it again. So I don't know what it's happened. It's on Netflix. <laughs> okay. It's on Netflix yeah, was, now. Was it like Sci-Fi Station? Yeah, or yeah it was something sci-fi. Weird? Yeah. yeah, okay. Hit and Miss Network. Hit and Miss. Most, mostly Miss true very true liked it better when it was actually sci-fi not siffy yeah okay that's what threw me off no no no. my dad told me he explained all this shit to me it's proprietary naming rights like you can't name something after like a common noun so like yeah cup you can't name anything like cup but like if you want to have a network about t you can name it like cupp so it's still <laughs> it's still the name but you can copyright it because that's not the common uh phrasing it just seemed like ever since they changed it to that, though, it's just, like, not been as good, though. No. Oh, be real, Brent. For a couple of years before that, it wasn't that good either. That's true. When Mystery Science Theater was there, it was fine. <laughs> yeah, man, Brent, thanks for coming on. It was really fun. Thanks for having me on, man. Gave me a reason to watch Spawn again. All right, every day we hustling Jimbo out. Every day we hustling Drew out. Peace. Peace.